Hello, welcome back to the Canon Confidence Podcast, everybody. Welcome, welcome. I have a special episode today. If you have been listening for a while, you'll notice it's been a hot minute since I have had a guest on the show. So today I'm bringing you somebody very, very special, Shannon Elizabeth. I'm so excited to have her. We actually got connected on social media probably about a year ago and have stayed in touch. She's actually in my mastermind now, so we've kind of become friends. And I'm so excited because Shannon is a body love mindset connection coach. And she teaches you basically how to love yourself and let that be the forefront of your essentially weight loss journey or um, nutrition journey. And she's a health and wellness blogger. She's absolutely incredible. And I just know you guys are going to love this interview. So everybody, let's welcome Shannon to the show. Thank you for joining us, girl. Thank you so much for having me. I am so excited to be chatting with you. Yay. Okay, you have an incredible story about your journey. So go ahead and share with us how you got to where you are today, where you're literally changing people's lives for a living. Sure. So I would say the biggest thing about me that when people get to know me is that I've lost over 100 pounds. So that has kind of been a major defining factor in my life, I would say, over the past five years. But getting to that point was the most epic journey. So for me, it all really started five years ago. Um, I was 30 years old. Um, My kids at the time were two. I have twins, so just a little busy. Um, And I was probably probably one of the most miserable I've ever been in my entire life. Like I, I couldn't walk past a mirror without saying something terrible to myself. I mean, I tried not to look in the mirrors in the first place. Um, I had an impossibly terrible relationship with food. I was just, everything felt like a mess. I was not in control of my mental health. Everything just felt like a mess. On top of that, probably one of the most other biggest determining factors was I had a highly toxic person in my life. And on top of that, I also had family members with addiction issues. So those were all piling in at the same time when I was 30 years old and I just couldn't take it anymore. I literally reached a day and I'll never forget this day where I looked in the mirror and I just said to myself, I, I can't hate myself anymore. Like I, I physically can't. I can't go one more second, one more day, one more hour feeling this way. It's too terrible. And I was like, am I really ready to commit to being miserable for the rest of my life? Like, let's pretend nothing changes. Am I really, really ready to commit to that? Because again, I know people that do that. I know people who commit to being miserable forever. And I was like, am I that person? And I was just told myself I looked in the mirror and again I I know you understand mirror work and um, all that sort of thing but I just looked in the mirror and I was like no like I am going to love myself starting right now today regardless if nothing happens like even if I lose zero weight even if my toxic relationship is what it is even if no one else in my family gets healthy even if everything stays exactly the same I'm going to make that choice to be happy and to love myself. And that was the first big step was telling myself that no matter what, I was going to love myself. And then what I've learned since is that the second you put that thought in your head, you start treating yourself like someone that you love. Like when you love your family, you give them the best of yourself and you treat them so well. And 
you want to make them happy. So the second you start to apply that to yourself, your entire world just changes. Oh, okay, I love your story so much. And you have such a profound way of telling, telling the story and talking about it. And I just love also like watching your Instagram stories and hearing you educate us on this as well. Um, okay, so how, so you got to this point where you knew this couldn't go on and you couldn't go on in this way. So what happened next? The biggest thing that I did right away was change how I viewed exercise. Um, so I started getting really into yoga. Yoga for me was the first thing that proved to me that my body could do really interesting things regardless of what size it was at. Um, so even at my heaviest weight ever, I was doing, in my opinion, some pretty cool yoga stuff. And when you realize that your body can do things that you think it can't do, um, you start to have a whole new appreciation. And then you start going, okay, well, if it can do this, which I thought it couldn't do at my weight, what else can it do? So I started walking. I, I got a dog, literally got a dog to help with my mental health and to make sure that I was walking twice a day. Um, I started eating differently and not so much that I was dieting. I was, I've never dieted since I will never diet again. I don't believe in it, but all of a sudden I cared about what I was eating and I cared about how food made me feel. And I started thinking about like, is this nourishing me from a like holistic place? Like, obviously we all know healthy food makes your body feel better, but how does it actually make your body feel better? Like, do you, when I eat healthy food, like for example, like I like to juice, all that sort of thing. Like I almost envision the nutrients like rushing through my body, if that makes sense. And so when I started to envision these things, it became slowly, I'll be honest, slowly easier to make better decisions for myself about those areas. So amazing, so incredible. And for anyone listening who doesn't understand quite why we are kind of anti-diet, um, can you explain, I guess, when you started to believe or to see that diets just aren't the answer and that they typically don't work and why your belief system is, is kind of anti-diet and is more of the intuitive eating route? For me, again, it was that five years ago because dieting for me meant a world of can't a world mm. of lack, a world of restriction. And I've done, I'd done that for 20 years. I knew that didn't work. Um, mm. So I decided to go, well, what could work? What if I just focused on making myself feel good and not putting, um, not putting food on a pedestal, if that makes sense. Like um, I, 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 for example, with my children, I work really hard to not put dessert on a pedestal. Dessert is just a different type of food. It's not something that we have to work for or work towards. So removing all the hierarchy of food and making food more about what is going to make me feel good. And then the biggest thing was, why am I eating it? <laughs> so I was a huge emotional eater. I was a massive binge eater. And addressing those areas also changed my entire relationship with food as well. Okay, I think everyone listening can totally agree that, yeah, we've spent our entire lives dieting. Like, who didn't grow up in high school and college just, like, in the yo-yo dieting cycle and just never thinking we were good enough and the diet always starts next Monday type of mentality? 
Um, I really like how you put it with taking food off a pedestal. I've never heard it described that way before, but it makes so much sense. You know, we, we do bribe kids with food. We bribe ourselves with food and we tell ourselves if we do this, we get to have it. If we don't do this, we don't get to have it. And of course, all of that just leads to us having more and more cravings for the most unhealthy things for our bodies. Exactly. And then we start, when we start putting it on a pedestal too, we start using it for different reasons. And, um, you know, for a lot of people, food becomes a way of soothing and comfort and it becomes almost like a friend. And, mm. you know, I agree. Food can be your friend in the right way, if that makes sense. Food should be this, um, friend that makes you feel better about yourself, that, makes you, you know, perform better and encourages you to do better, not that makes you sluggish and weak and makes you feel bad about yourself. So I think that there's a different way to look at these relationships that we have with food and that that's how we can start to really change how we approach it. Okay. Yeah, I completely agree. And what you said about the nutrients, like imagining them, like penetrating your body, I totally agree with that because when I'm like making the choice to order a salad or like to eat fruits and vegetables, I do like, I do imagine that. And I feel like excited about the decision because I'm like, I know I'm going to feel good after I know my stomach's going to feel good. And I know I'm just like filling my body with, with health. And I love that. Yes. And it makes it easier to eat it as well. Like um, when I first started eating healthy, it was a big, I mean, if you're not used to eating vegetables, <laughs> vegetables are a bit of a shock to the taste senses. They're very <laughs> in intense flavors. So, um, you know, having to teach myself to appreciate these new flavors and these new textures and um, especially, you know, I didn't like mushrooms, for example, but teaching myself to enjoy mushrooms and um, all these different types of vegetables it's uh it just completely changes the relationship yeah honestly it makes so much sense i can totally see how that would be a game changer okay so you had this realization kind of figured out that the mindset part was important figured out you need to love your body um figured out how that you wanted to start loving food and enjoying food how did it progress from there into where you are now, where you're literally teaching this for a living and like living this life and being such a role model for this? Um, it was a lot of aggressive mindset work. And that mm -hmm. is one thing that, you know, I like to work with other people on in my own business is that mindset work. I really had to change every way that I thought about myself. I had to, um, work every single day at focusing on the end goal of who I wanted to be and focusing on, again, that's who I wanted to be, not what other people wanted to be or who other people thought I should be. I spent too many years living the way other people thought I should be and who they thought I was and allowing that to shape the story of who I was and mm -hmm. taking ownership of my mindset and taking ownership of my story that is what got me to where I am today because all of a sudden I ditched the, the victim mentality um, that I had adopted for so long <laughs> and again started taking control like I have control over my, my mindset I have control over how I think about these things about myself about my body like I'm in control about how I think about my body and um, 
that's what propelled me here. Okay, I love that so much. I think that that really makes such an impact because without doing that mindset work, yeah, you could so easily just go back and forth and continue the, the yo-yo cycling of, of uh, just not sticking with anything, right? Um, so tell us, I guess, kind of what that mindset work looks like for you. What did you start doing? Um, one of the things that I started doing right away, and I still do this literally every single day, is I do mirror work. I, t I talk mm. to myself in the mirror, and I literally give myself a pep talk pretty much every single day. And I tell myself, like, I am confident. I am a capable person. I, it doesn't really matter what's looking back at me at the mirror. I will tell myself that I'm beautiful. <laughs> you know, I will do those things. And I do that every single day. And you have to reaffirm these messages to yourself every single day. You have to prove to yourself that you're worth it. And you have to tell yourself that you're worth it. And for me, part of that is every single day reaffirming these messages that I am worth doing these things. I am worth eating healthy for. I am deserving of loving my body. Like I deserve all these things. It's my birthright. So yeah, that's, <laughs> that's that I suppose. Oh, okay. Awesome. Yeah. I'm, I'm kind of familiar with mirror work. I have definitely recommended it to clients. Haven't done much of it myself, although I would like to get into it. So tell me, I guess, what made you decide to stick with that? Because so many people will find a healing modality of some sort, whether it's journaling, meditating, mirror work, whatever, and they'll do it, you know, five times or 10 times or once a month. And it's like, if they don't see instant results, they back away from it. So how did you get yourself to do it every single day? Um, I, I forced myself, if I'm being honest, and that was because I was so uncomfortable looking in the mirror in the first place. Mm -hmm. um, that I wanted that to end. I wanted to be comfortable looking in the mirror and I, I, it was very, I, it highlighted how uncomfortable I was with myself as a human being every time I looked in the mirror. And so I really just wanted to change that. And so I only spend, you know, at the beginning, probably only five minutes a day. Nowadays, I have my one or two, three, you know, four affirmations that I just throw to the mirror and I continue about my day. Mm. But at the very beginning, it, I just wanted to be comfortable with myself and I wanted so badly to like what I saw in the mirror, regardless of what I actually saw in the mirror, if that makes sense. I just wanted mm. to appreciate the person that was standing there. And the only way to do that was to tell myself over and over that this was okay. And that meant rejecting too. Like my, again, my toxic person who was telling me different messages literally every single day, I had to reject all those messages and replace them with my own. Wow. So it's literally like reprogramming the way your brain works. 100%. 100%. I had to reprogram everything because, you know, I didn't grow up in a household where I was encouraged very much. I didn't, you know, I wasn't, um, big things weren't expected of me. I, my, my weight was an issue since I was probably about six years old and that was, you know, reiterated to me constantly. So wow. I really had to push those messages down in the side and, and say they're not true. Like really at the end of the day, that was a reflection of the other person, not a reflection of me. And that was a reflection of their issues, not a reflection of me. But that took a lot of work to get to the point where I was able to say that's, that's that person's problem. That's not my problem. 
Mm, I love just your transparency with like that it, it does take hard work and it does take time to reprogram these thoughts. And it also just takes like awareness. Like we aren't used to, we aren't taught that thoughts in our head are not true. Um, and that, you know, just because we have a thought repetitively or people say things to us, doesn't mean it's true, doesn't make it a fact. Um, so it's just so crazy. Yes, exactly. And that's the other thing too. I, I tell myself what's in my head is true if I want it to be true. You know, if I look mm. in the mirror and I go, you are amazing and you are gonna kick ass today, you better believe that is truth. But, mm. you know, on the days where my anxiety is a little bit higher, I'm struggling with depression and something's telling me, you know, you can't do this, you're not worth it, who do you think you are? I then, you know, I literally say a physical stop, you know, that mm. is not accurate, that is not truth, and you are to take a back seat. So I really believe that you can give yourself truths, and I do believe that you have to make certain things true for you, but absolutely, you have to pick and choose which thoughts are truth for you. Yes, it is just so interesting because we have so much power over our thoughts really at the end of the day and over our, what we believe about ourselves because seriously like the beliefs that we have the thoughts we have all of it we decide what's real and what's not like all of our beliefs are, are simply made up things that we have chosen unconsciously or not to believe in so yeah it's it's i love that you kind of explain how to own that power of deciding you know what's going to be true for you we do have that power. And I don't think enough people appreciate how much that power is actually within them. I think so many people think that there's an external, something that they have to achieve to get that power. And I just want to be like, no, that power is in you from the moment you are born. You just need to tap mm -hmm. into it and bring it out. We all have it. Like, and you know, yes, I went and did this big weight loss and all these things. But at the end of the day, I'm, there's nothing, I don't have special willpower. I don't have extra motivation. There, there really isn't anything special about me. I just chose to choose the what chose to choose how I think and, um, and chose to say that I'm in control of my life. Mm, ain't that the truth? And it's kind of funny when it comes to like, manifestation that perspective of all of this people can sometimes think okay that's not real you don't get to choose you can't create your own reality but like all of our actions come from a thought we, we do things because of a thought it all starts with that so how can changing your thoughts not change your actions and how can not change you know how can that not dictate your results and really that's all there is to it it's it's creating your own thoughts, which creates your own actions, which creates your own results. Absolutely. And in that same breath too, visualization. I think there's mm. a huge, um, there's huge power in visualization. And the degree, again, this goes back to mirror work. But when you're telling yourself those things that you are, that are true, you are a great person, you're all these other things that you're telling yourself in the mirror. Um, you have to visualize it. You visualize that person that you know yourself to be looking back at you. And you have to visualize who you know yourself to be in your head all the time and just really get to know who that person is. And then that will be reflected out. I agree 100%. So when you were starting this journey, you had two-year-old twins 
and a new puppy. Um, what do you say to the woman who really wants to make some changes in her life and do all these things, but she just says, I don't have enough time? Uh, if you, if, if time is an issue, I really say that people have to go back to their why. Like, why are you doing this in the first place? Because if your whole goal is to genuinely make your life better and healthier and just happier, then time can't be a factor. You have to find a way to put yourself first. That's just a reality. So even if that's 15 minutes, 20 minutes, you have to find a way to say for 20 minutes, I'm important. Like I'm important and I deserve to be able to get this done. Yeah. And I'd be curious to get your opinion on this. So, I mean, lots of people have kids and, and manage to get things done, right? I worked full time for a long time while running my online business on the side. It's, it's difficult. Um, however, we generally do have more control of our time than we think. And this is what I feel is like when time is the, is the excuse, that is truly just our ego voice giving us a reason to not do the uncomfortable thing, to stay seated on the couch, to not step out of the comfort zone and start a new workout routine and try new foods and, and do a bunch of stuff that's gonna be uncomfortable. Exactly. It's in someone else's hands when you blame it on time. I mean, there's mm -hmm. so many things that people can say as to why they're not able to start their journey. But at the end of the day, it is, you're right, it is the ego speaking. It is just made up beliefs that you have about yourself, about why you can't do something. When in actuality, everybody has it within them to take care of themselves. Everybody has it within them to love themselves. Because at the end of the day, that's all I'm saying, really love yourself enough to take care of yourself love love mm. yourself enough to believe you're worth it mm, absolutely and i believe you were plant-based so i wanted to kind of dig into that a little bit see what kind of started that and what what makes you keep going with that path um so i got into plant-based actually long before i actually started my health journey um i kind of fell into it in a weird backwards way um when i was pregnant i had huge aversions to meat and just couldn't eat it um i also have friends that were plant-based at the time so i was seeing the changes of their healthy life and watching it kind of from afar so that plus the aversions to meat while i was pregnant made it easy to go well let's experiment here once my children were born like do i want to take up eating meat again and i did to a very small degree but um i had already experienced enough in my opinion health benefits not eating meat while i was pregnant that made me want to go well let's invest investigate this further so the other big thing that i had was i also used to have terrible terrible bowel issues um, IBS, I went to so many doctors and no one could ever really help me. No doctor could tell me why my stomach was this way. And when I started cutting out meat again, when I was pregnant, it really just cleared up a lot of underlying health issues that I was already having. And, and when I say meat, I mean red meat specifically. Um, and then it became about, um, trying to feel, it became about trying to feel better. Um, I eating plant-based makes me 
feel energetic. It makes me just feel, um, just, yeah, it makes me feel healthy and better. So it's been easy to keep at it because I just feel so well. Now, I'll be honest, it took a while to, to you know, eliminate dairy and cheese. And um, that was quite a long time coming, but it does make me feel better. So at the end of the day, it just boiled down to health, it boiled down to health. Yeah, and one thing that I love that you keep mentioning throughout this entire interview is like making choices because it feels good, making choices that lead to energy and you know, being able to move your body and it feels good and you're just like happy and healthy and and I feel like that's something that's so overlooked because we're so obsessed with the numbers on the scale and with like being a certain size. But when we really start to make choices based off what's going to make us feel good, we're going to make the healthy choices anyways. Exactly. And because the other truth is too, that is, is a reality that I don't think a lot of people realize, but losing weight isn't going to make you happy. It, it, it really isn't. Um, at the end of the day, being a different size isn't what makes me happy or fulfilled. It was all the steps that I took to get here that made me feel mm. happy and fulfilled. So the meditation, the walking, the exercising, the healthy eating, those are what fulfilled my life and makes it rich and enjoyable, not the weight loss. If anything, at the end of the day, I, I'm still the same person um, regardless of my size. It's all the other things that came along on the journey that were actually the life-changing parts. Yes, and like I feel like another big part of it is learning to trust ourselves, you know, learning that we can do things that we didn't think we could do. That makes such a huge difference in our lives. It makes a huge difference. I mean, huge confidence in your body. When you start treating your body like it could actually work for you and work with you, it's unbelievable the things you can do. Like I said, I, I got a dog. I start walking two times a week. Well, that took me to um, probably about eight or nine months later. I was like, well, let's just see what it's like to run. <laughs> and I went and ran uh, two kilometers, so about half a mile, I guess. And, um, and I was floored that I was able to do it. And from there I started, you know, running a little bit further. And so be all end all, I ended up running a half marathon. So when I think of the fact that I went from walking my dog twice a week as this, I'll be honest, miserable person to being this person who now runs, well, I don't know if I'll run a half marathon again, but who run, mm -hmm. who ran a half marathon and was, took on the challenge and, took on the pain and took on all those things. Like it's just, it's incredible what your body can do when you give it the chance. Mm, and I love your whole message, body love. Like how can I treat my body right? Do the things to take care of it so that it can treat me right. You have to. I really don't think it's possible to hate yourself into a happy lifestyle. I, mm -hmm. I think mm -hmm. too many of us try. I mean, I tried to do that for, again, probably two decades. Try to hate my body into exercise and hate my way through a diet and, you know, hate my way into, again, a happier life. It's not possible. You have to love your way into a happier life. And the only way to do that is you have to start with yourself and you have to start with accepting the parts of yourself that you just don't like. And if that's how you think, if that's how you look, if that's the relationships you have in your life, like that's where you have to start. You have to start there and loving those less desirable parts. 
And that's when you're able to make real change. I love that so, so much. And you mentioned you mentioned a couple of the mindset things that you do. So tell us about if a, a morning routine. If you have a morning routine, what that looks like and what you do. Yeah, so my morning, I, I'm a really early riser. I enjoy my morning time and I enjoy having that time to myself, especially if it's nice and dark out. So in the summers, I get up nice and early. I like to get up generally between 4.30 and 5 in the morning. And my routine is pretty simple. I generally start, I have a, a little coffee ritual that I do and it's just, um, I find it relaxing the way I put together my coffee, if that makes sense. Um, and then I do my gratitude journaling while my coffee is percolating and getting ready. And with that I do, um, I do you know, just a few things that I'm thankful for the day. You know, what went well yesterday? What am I gonna try to do today? How am I gonna make today awesome? Um, and then I often just will start sticking in a podcast while I do some work. And for me, a positive podcast um, starts my day off on the right foot. I need to have those positive messages in my ear. And especially if I, you know, not everyone wakes up in the morning happy and ready to go. So <clears throat> putting, so having someone else pour positive messages into my ear, just, it completely changes my day. So that is generally how I start my morning. Okay, yeah, everyone thinks I'm crazy because I wake up at 6 a.m. when I don't have to. But I love mornings too, they're my favorite. So I would love to know, is this a secret, this coffee ritual? Like what is percolating? Like what's going on with this? <laughs> uh, no, it's just, I, I do French press. So, you know, Ooh. I have to, uh, your coffee Fancy. has to boil and then you have your, you know, your scoops and you have to let it sit. And I just, I kind of relax and just allow myself to smell the coffee and like my kettle kind of lights up. <laughs> so, <laughs> so it's, it's very relaxing in the kitchen when it's dark, my kettle is all lit up. It's just, I don't know. It just is a, it's a very warm and thoughtful way to start my morning, I guess. Oh, that is amazing. I love that so much. And it's kind of like, reminds me of like, how can we make just like gratitude for the little things in life and make life fun and appreciate these things and these moments. So I love doing rituals like that too. Um, and I also like with the long mornings, I used to get kind of annoyed with myself. I was like, why do I need so much time in the morning? Like when I, you know, was rushing out for um, going to work, I'd be like, why do I have to get up so early and have so much time? But like, I love those, that time. I love quiet mornings. I love like being a little bit slower in the morning and, and why not give myself that time? Because it does make me feel the best. Um, absolutely. And I think part of that is too, is that you have the time then to get yourself in the right mindset, regardless of what your day is going to throw at you. Mm. And I think there's something to be said about that, especially if you know you have a busy day coming or again, we're all living in this you know, COVID situation. So being able to put yourself in a mindset ahead of time and allow yourself to relax and ease into your day. I mean, it, I think it just goes such a long way in how you spend your overall day. Well, exactly. Like that is such a crucial thing. I truly, truly deeply believe that if we can get our mindset right in the morning and get ourselves believing in ourselves and feeling good, it's going to lead to us having a better day. And that's going to lead to us you know, making positive changes in our lives, making the right choices, 
doing the doing the do that gets us the results we want and leads to a better life in every area of life you know it's it's huge for online business it's huge for health and wellness family parenting relationships every part of life i think it's better when you set yourself up with a good mindset and i just agree with you like Getting your mind right in the morning, I just think is just a vital part of everybody's day or should be. And I don't think enough people give themselves enough time. I think a lot of people rush to wake up or um, wait to the last minute for their alarm or press snooze and they don't give themselves that time in the morning to settle and be with themselves and you know set their intentions for the day. I think there's something so important about setting your intentions for the day. And all these things are just wonderful things to do in the early hours of the morning, in my opinion. <laughs> I agree 1 million percent. Absolutely. So maybe there's someone listening right now who's thinking, okay, this all sounds wonderful, but I can't even imagine loving my body. Like, can't even imagine that. What would your advice be, Shannon, for somebody who just really needs to get started on this body love journey? Um, honestly, you, you have to go through a degree of self-acceptance and self-forgiveness. Um, for me anyways, their self-forgiveness came in with just how I got to where I was in the first place, because again, for a long time, it was the victim mentality. Everything was happening to me and everyone else's fault and, and taking ownership that no, everything wasn't happening to me. I was in charge of those things. I had to forgive myself for getting myself into certain places. And so once I started to forgive those parts of me that binged eat and emotionally and didn't deal with her problems well and all these things, then general self-acceptance started to come along. And part of that too was just going, some things about me I can't change. And it doesn't matter whether I like them or not. For example, like I, again, I carry twins. I have stretch marks. <laughs> Those are never going anywhere, ever. And I just had to accept that and say to myself, like, am I really going to dislike my body forever because of something I can't change? And because of something that's a part of a meaningful life experience? Like, when I started phrasing things like that, it seemed ridiculous to focus on hating my body, if that makes sense. And again, I know that sounds like I said it all so easily. It took months and months and months of mindset work, but it started with the self-forgiveness and then just full on accepting the parts of myself that I could not change. Yeah, I can totally relate to the victim mindset situation. I was completely there several years ago. And yeah, when you're in that mindset, everything is circumstantial and it looks like everyone else just has this easier life and everyone else gets things handed to them but you and like I felt like I just got you know in certain aspects dealt a bad hand of cards in life and it takes away kind of your responsibility a little bit right it's there's some comfort there because when you don't think you have the power when you think it's circumstantial you don't have to make the changes and I love what you said about acceptance because once you kind of realize you you have the power to accept things and to forgive things and to forgive yourself and all of that, it's like, wow, there's no other way to live. Why, why would I not accept things that I literally for sure can't change? 
Exactly. And again, I know we make it sound so easy, but really the concepts are, are easy. The idea that you can love yourself when you think of when you really ask yourself, like, why aren't I? None of those, why wasn't I loving myself? None of those things actually had anything to do with me. It was always, um, you know, society thinks this, or someone else will think this, or someone else, someone else, someone else. And, you know, I had to really realize that I have that power. Like, I have the power to love myself, and it is so powerful. And that we have the power to create that in our minds is just, I mean, I just, I agree with you. I wish everyone could just realize that they have this power within them. It's not something they have to search out. It is something that is there inside of you. Yeah, it, it definitely makes a ton of sense. And and you're right, we do make it sound easy. There's a lot of, of parts of this that just require consistency, right? Um, and that's something that people tend to struggle with a lot. What are some, okay, so by now, someone who's listening, I'm sure is thinking, okay, I could benefit from this. I see that the diet cycle is not going well for me and I want to love my body more. How can they, I guess, describe what you do in your coaching? How can someone work with you and what is that journey like? As so with my Bible of coaching, what we focus on is loving yourself right now, like day one that you start with me, we're going to focus on loving yourself and working towards higher goals. But the idea is that we're going to address the, you know, why are we doing this in the first place? Who's it really for? What is your current attitudes toward yourself? What is your inner narrative? You know, who has, I, I'll be honest, I don't think everyone gets to be super miserable or, you know, extremely, as I was, overweight by themselves. There's people in the wings. So identifying those people or those things or those circumstances, we work on changing those mindsets and taking the power back. And then as we're working on that, we talk about intuitive eating and mindful eating. And we talk about body movement. I don't call it exercise because people are scared of exercise. I call it body movement. And we talk about self-worth and developing coping habits that are sustainable. That's what we work towards. And then at the end, how do we make this a lifestyle that we can continue for here on through eternity? Oh, that all sounds so amazing. And I really want to commend you, Shannon, because I have not seen a lot of programs out there like this. And keep in mind, I'm an online, I'm online every day. I'm on social media every day. Um, I, I just love how you use you know, it's intuitive eating, but it's infused with body love. Like that's the forefront of it. And that's what makes this program so special. And I think when people, you know, I've done this, you know, I've hired a coach. I think that when we want to do things on our own, right? And sometimes our pride gets in the way, but not everybody can be super consistent with things on their own. People need support. People need accountability and that's okay. And I think that when someone makes a decision to go for it and to really commit to it and they hire a coach or they you know buy into a program, that's huge. And that really sends a powerful message to themselves. Like we're going to do this. And it's just part of what makes the coaching situation so powerful. Well, and honestly, I think the other thing is too, is I think everyone needs a cheerleader. I think especially yes. in the health and wellness space, I think so many people feel alone and so many people feel like their journey is this, 
that they feel alone in their journey, that they're only they're the only person going through it, that they, they're the only person that has those issues. And you know what I want to say is that if you have a cheerleader, all those things don't seem as hard and don't seem as heavy. And you're able to focus on yourself. And when someone's going, you can do this. You can. Let me give you the tools to do this. It becomes so much easier. Yes. Everybody does need a cheerleader. And not everyone has that support in their, you know, friends, family, loved ones. And, you know, has somebody who really can provide that to them. And so that's amazing that you offer that. And I'm sure it's been life-changing for you as well, watching people on their journeys. So I just have one last question for you. I ask all my guests what their favorite book is in terms of like wellness, mindset, spirituality, all of that. So what can you recommend for us to read? Um, one of the ones that really um, started to change things for me was The Subtle Art of Not Giving a Fuck, to be honest with oh. you. That was one of the ones where I just realized that I didn't have to care what other people thought. And that what other people thought was actually none of my business. <laughs> so, <laughs> it was really, and for me, again, especially because um, anyone who has been in a, any sort of toxic relationship knows that it's extremely difficult to get out of and very difficult to deal with. And so telling myself that it doesn't matter and reading books where I don't have to care <laughs> what other people think or what society, it just, though that was a... Um, very life-changing way of thinking for me. Oh, it's fantastic. If you haven't read it, go definitely go read it. Ooh, okay, yes. And okay, so I have one last, last question, kind of tying all of this in. So you've been on the internet for a while. You've been blogging for years now. So how did you learn to stop giving a fuck what people thought on the internet? Because obviously that's something that so many listeners struggle with and people want to go for it, but it, they're just scared. So what's your advice for that? Um, honestly, forcing myself to just do it. Um, forcing myself to genuinely go, I can't, it's too much energy to care what other people think and my energy is precious. Um, that is really that is really how I have to think about it is I cannot I cannot care about what anyone I really can't. It's not good for my health. It's not good for anything. So I just have to post things blindly if that's if I'm being honest. Mm -hmm. <laughs> just press just press post, just press send. Just do whatever you do to get it up there and then don't look at it. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. totally there. Yeah. I still, I still do, do that, actually. actually. Yo, I had to do it last week. I posted a picture and I was like, I am putting this up. It is there for the world to see. And I am not going to pay attention to it anymore. Because, you know, sometimes things are hard to put up, even with our mindset work and all these things. Things are still challenging for us. But, um, yeah, just having to say it's here for the world to consume. People can think what they want about it. What other people think is absolutely none of my business. I know what I think about it. I think it's pretty rocking. So there it goes. <laughs> yeah. And like what I'm always trying to get people to, to realize is like before you post the thing or share the thing, it's like you have all this fear in your body. And it's like, oh, what are people going to think? What are people going to think? What are people going to think? But then once you do it, it's like, okay, you know, you just kind of take a step back and you're like, that was mostly in my head. 
Absolutely. I think that's the one thing. So I try to say when I, on my Instagram is take the picture, post the picture. Literally, I mean, I've been posting pictures since my heaviest weight through to now. I have not had a negative comment once. Not once. I've been posting for years. I've never had anyone say anything negative about my body or what I'm doing. And it just makes me realize that people are more uh, apt to cheer for you and to celebrate you than they are to tear you down. So post the picture, take the picture, you know, do it for you. Yeah. And I always hear things like, what if my ex-boyfriend sees it? Or what about people from high school? Aren't they going to kind of like laugh at me? And I get it because I had those same thoughts in the beginning too. But once you just start saying fuck it and posting and sharing, you're, it's like, okay, like it's not that bad and it gets a lot easier. It really does. It really does. And you become more comfortable. I mean, that's part of the body acceptance too. The more you put yourself out there, like I used to take a ton of pictures of myself doing yoga and I would post those to Instagram and doing that made me more comfortable with my body. Like it just, it's an empowering act in my opinion. So, um, yeah, that continued act of empowerment is, is, is there in those pictures. Yeah. Okay. Guys, you are going to want to go follow Shannon on Instagram. Honestly, she's a breath of fresh air. She's so inspiring in her posts and in her stories. And when most of what we see on Instagram is kind of the opposite message, right? It's the like heavy on the diet culture and on how we look and there's super edited photos and all of that. I think that Shannon is a role model for authenticity and for body love. And Shannon, where can we find you and follow you and be in your presence? <laughs> uh, so you can reach me at Shannon Elizabeth Fitness on Instagram and ShannonElizabethFitness.com and you can reach my coaching through there. Amazing. Okay, guys, go follow her. Hire her if you are ready to change your life. And Shannon, thank you so much for taking the time today and joining us on the show. This has been so fun and so inspiring, and I deeply appreciate you coming on. Thank you so much for having me. This was awesome.